Well, hey there, it's Kim Constable. Welcome to the Strong and Sculpted podcast, the podcast by me, Kim Constable, also known as the Sculpted Vegan, about all things strong and, of course, all things sculpted. And today is all about being both strong and sculpted because we are going to talk about prescriptive meal plans versus macro counted personal meal plans. So I know that meal plans, I think I said meal plans there actually, but you know what I meant. Um, I think that this is a really important uh, subject to talk about because um, it is one of actually the most the most, I was going to say, commonly asked questions, and I, I know I always say that, people are like, you know, everything's a commonly asked question to you, Kim. Well, it's not really that. It's more just that I know people really struggle with meal planning, and they struggle with planning macros, and they struggle with knowing, should I, you know, eat a prescriptive meal plan? Should I calculate my own macros? How do you even meal plan? What's important? And all that good stuff. So I thought today, let's break down prescriptive done-for-you meal plans versus create your own macro and calorie counted meal plans. And we're going to dive into which one is best, which one will be best for you now on your own particular journey. And then at the end, we're going to discuss how to create your own prescriptive meal plan for yourself um, and all the different points that you should consider. So we're going to dive into that in just a second. But let me just tell you first about the monthly podcast competition that we run, which is um, whenever you leave a review on our podcast, wherever you listen to it, and then screenshot that review and send me a direct message on Instagram with a screen screenshot of the review, we will enter you into a competition to win a Sculpted Vegan program. And this is now June 2020, if you're listening to this, and we will be doing the draw for this month at the start of July, and you could win any of our programs that so your that your heart so desires. And um, we, we choose the reviews from the people who send us the DM on Instagram. So make sure you leave the review, send us a, a picture of the DM, and you could be in with a chance of winning. Okay, so let's dive into all things meal planning. So the reason that I've decided to do this particular podcast episode, um, not you know separate aside from the fact that everybody really wants to know about meal plans and how to plan meal plans and do macros and all the rest of it, is because many of you will know if you're regular listeners to this podcast or indeed follow me on Instagram or bought one of my programs that this week we we launched um, the eight week butt camp program. So the eight week butt camp is basically a program to sculpt your glutes and to shred body fat at the same time. So it's a program that can be done as a build. So you don't have have to shred if you don't want to. You can just leave out the cardio. Um, you can use it as a maintenance program just to you know continue on with what you're doing, but to really focus hard on the glutes. Or you can use it as a shred. And we even have an, a ten thousand dollar prize fund. Well, ten thousand dollar first prize. It's actually a, I think it's a thirteen thousand no thirteen fourteen fifteen thousand dollar prize fund that we're offering for the top five people who make the biggest transformation, judged by an independent panel of professional judges, as all our programs are. So this um, program launched on Monday. And and it's funny because we have launched so many programs now. We launch, you know, regular shred competitions and programs, and we have a full suite of programs. And uh, every time we launch a new program, you know, we have coaches, we have five coaches, uh, six coaches actually in our coaching group, and they coach all of the participants in all of the groups. And every single time we launch a new program, 
all the same questions come up. We can anticipate them. We could write them down and predict what they would be. And so we have great fun in our in our private coaching group um, where the coaches, you know, we have a group on on WhatsApp where we all swap information and ideas and ask for advice and and um, and whatever. And it's fantastic. And we always have so much fun in, in the coaching group whenever we launch a new program. Uh, and, you know, we really want to support the members. And of course, one of the the biggest thing that comes up is you know, we always provide in all of our programs, as, as I do in this one as well, prescriptive meal plans, which means that you can, for the full eight weeks, just follow the macro and calorie counted meal plans that I have provided. We have eight different meal plans, so one for each week, or I give you the calculations to calculate your own macros if indeed that is what you would prefer to do instead. So, um, you know, you have either option and I give very clear guidelines as to which option you should choose. So I say if you are not experienced with meal planning, if you're not experienced with macro planning, if you're not a seasoned athlete or competitor and you're not used to doing this, choose the prescriptive meal plans. Don't, you know, traverse the learning curve of macros and calories. If you're also pretty new to exercising, you've never done this kind of, you know, intense program, you know, you've got cardio sessions and training sessions every day, you know, there's going to be a lot of stuff to learn. So don't put any extra pressure on yourself, just follow the meal plans. But then I also give, you know, the macro breakdown and the calorie, not the calorie, actually just the macro breakdown for those who want to calculate their own macros and say exactly how to do this. Um, And so, but of course, we always get people who come into the group and they're like, you know, oh, I'm following the, you know, I'm following the macro calculations and blah, 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 whatever. And then they ask, you know, then they have a whole list of questions that they ask. And immediately from their questions, I can tell that they have never done this before. Because someone who has done this before, someone who's a seasoned athlete, someone who has competed, someone who's shredded, someone who's maybe in my 18-month Sculpt and Shred program and has, you know, has a huge you might have experience with this, wouldn't ask the questions that this person is asking. So then I say, can I ask why you're you're calculating your own macros? And they go, uh, oh, I just thought that I would kind of, you know, really want to do it. And I'm like, I know, but here's the thing, right? You really shouldn't calculate your own macros unless you really do know how to do it. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not that you shouldn't because everybody is a beginner, right? And everybody learns, everybody has to learn somewhere. But if you're going to, if you're going to be competing in an eight week program, okay, and, you know, and the world's most successful vegan bodybuilding coach aka me, has created a set of prescriptive meal plans that are designed to burn fat and to build muscle and to get epic results why would you do anything different? That's what I just don't understand. But anyway, look, I understand. I, I, you know, in saying that, I am probably the kind of person who, if I was to do a program like this, I would say, well, you know what? I believe I'll probably get better results if I calculate my own macros. So I'm just going to do that. Even if I was completely new, that's probably what I would do because um, I do like to make things hard for myself. So I understand why people do it. But I just thought I would break down in this podcast, you know, uh, kind of for those of you who are in the butt camp, because we've sold like 1,700 of them already. We will probably sell two and a half thousand by the by the time the competition starts on Monday, um, even though a very small percentage of those will, you know, will enter the competition, we do sell all of these programs. But I thought that this could be a really helpful episode, not only for those of you in the butt camp, but for those of you who are new to planning, tracking, macro, you know, calculations, and you know, just to let you know when you should follow a prescriptive meal plan and when you should. Um, when you should calculate your own, you know, why meal plans work, why calculating your own works, and when you should choose one or the other. Sound good? Yeah? Okay, so um, let, let me tell you first where this all kind of, or where I first learned about meal planning and macro and stuff, macros. Because years ago, after the 
the birth of my daughter, Maya. Now, Maya is now 10. She turned 10 in January. So Maya was born in January. And I already had two boys whenever Maya was born. So Corey and Kai were not much older. I think Kai was two and Corey was three when Maya was born. So Maya was my third child. And I had, um, you know, three children within three years, obviously. And so I was determined to get my body back after Maya was born. And I remember the day that she was born, I stood on the scale. Now, the day she was born, I had home births with my kids. So um, I, I recovered pretty quickly and just kind of got on with life. And so I, I stood on the scale in my bathroom the morning that she was born. I think she was born at nine. Uh, what time was she, when was she born? Nine, nine, nine thirty in the morning, I think it was. And I literally... I literally stood on the scale at like 11 a.m., okay? And I was like, okay, what weight am I? Because I was normally, are you ready for this? Eight stone, okay? Now, eight stone is 112 pounds or 51 kilos. Now, I am five foot eight, okay? 171 centimeters, five foot eight, 172 centimeters, sorry, five foot eight. So I am tall, okay? So eight stone, just so you know, is very, very, very skinny for my height. Not really skinny, but like I was a UK size eight. I did fit into a UK size six, um, you know, a couple of times. But anyway, so I stood on the scale on that morning when Maya was born and I was 10 stone three. Now, I know a 10 stone three, by the way, is 143 pounds or 65 kilos. So I knew that I... Um, was carrying, obviously, water weight and whatever from having given birth like two hours earlier. Yes, Kim is a little OCD in case she hadn't realized, okay? So I knew that um, I was carrying water and fluid and all the rest of it. And I knew that that really wasn't my kind of real weight. But I thought, you know, I was two stone heavier, which is 28 pounds. In fact, more, I was 31 pounds heavier than my normal weight. And I was determined to get by, back down there as quickly as possible. Now, I didn't start dieting straight away, obviously, because I'm not a completely fucking nuts. <laughs> but I waited until Maya was about, I think about six weeks old, four to six weeks. And I decided then, you know what, I'm going to start, you know, I'm going to start doing something here to, um, to lose the, you know, to lose the baby weight. And so I remember I, I had never had to diet before, right? I had eaten a raw food diet for two years. Whenever I was pregnant with Kai, I had decided to, um, I'd put on quite a lot of weight and then I'd heard about the raw food movement. I've always been into food and stuff, which is why I have so much experience in so many different aspects of things. You know, I, I had a, a fully raw food diet and cooked all of the, well, or didn't cook, prepared all of the food myself for the raw food diet. And so after Corey was, uh, whenever, um, after Corey was born, I I wasn't really concerned about my weight. I was doing a lot of Pilates. I was always very lean, but I certainly didn't want to be, you know, I didn't have time or energy or the desire to start going to the gym or to, you know, training as a bodybuilder or anything. And so then after, whenever I got pregnant with Kai, I was, um, I started putting on a, quite a lot of weight and I was eating more probably than I should have because I found that it really staved off morning sickness. I didn't have bad morning sickness, but I realized that if I kept myself continually full, then I didn't have morning sickness. And so I, I never let myself get hungry because that's when I started to feel sick. So I'd put on quite a lot of weight with Kai. So I started eating a raw food diet. I had a raw food diet for two years and I, I lost a lot of weight on the raw food diet and it was fantastic for me, but I really missed cooking food. I really missed cooked food. So I, I didn't, I went off the raw food diet and then of course I got pregnant with Maya whenever Kai was only, um, let me see, she was born in January, Kai was born in April. I think he had just turned two or, you know, he wasn't even two, sorry, and I got pregnant with Maya. 
And so she was born in January. And at this point, I was like, okay, I really want my body back, right? So whenever she was about six weeks old, I I thought, right, what am I going to do here? I, I don't want to eat a raw food diet. I kind of don't want to eat less. I, I thought to myself, I really want to be planned with this. I want to be um, a little more methodical in my in you know, methodical in my method. It doesn't really make sense, but you know what I mean. I wanted to be a bit more methodical with it. So I went on to the app store on my iPhone and I looked up the app store. And I, this is ten years ago, so iPhones were very rudimentary then. And I uh, I looked up the app store and I looked up an, an app that uh, was like a calorie calculator because I thought counting calories. I've heard that counting calories is a good way to lose body fat. So let's try the old counting calorie thing. So I went on to this app and it asked me to put in my height and my weight and my age and it didn't ask for body fat or anything like that and asked you know what was my activity level so I put in all this information and it said you know what is your current weight and what is your goal so I put in my goal so it told me that I should eat 1400 calories a day so I was like oh great 1400 calories a day that's what I will eat every day until I lose the weight and it, then it said to me and it was actually asked me how many pounds a week do you want to lose and I thought mm, well I don't want to like I was breastfeeding at the time as well and people always ask me did it affect my milk supply but it never did I guess because the food I've eaten has always been so nutritionally dense so I I thought oh, okay a pound a week is about you know um is about right. And I thought I, at that point I had, I'd lost obviously quite a lot of the fluid and that kind of stuff, you know, after I'd given birth to Maya. And I knew that I had about 10 pounds to lose. I didn't want to go back down to eight stone, you know, which is really like, which is about 112 pounds. I thought I want to get, um, you know, I would even be happy with like eight and a half or nine stone or whatever. So I thought if I lose about 10 stone, 10 pounds, sorry, that'll be fine. So I put in that I wanted to lose one pound a week. It told me I should eat 1400 calories. It didn't give me anything about macros or proteins or carbs or fats or anything. It just told me this is what I should eat. And if I input my food every day into this app, then I wonder, was it my fitness pal? Actually, I'm just thinking, I don't think it was my fitness pal. I think it was something else. But if it said, if you input your food here and the weights and the quantities, whatever, that will, you know, that'll enable you to track. And it was my first experience of tracking. And I have to say, I really, really enjoyed it because I was able to put in, okay, if I eat this muffin, how many calories will that be? And so I was able to put in and go, oh my God, no way, I'm not eating that. Or what if I eat half the muffin? And then, oh, okay, it's a bit better. What if I eat quarter of the muffin. And so I was able to, you know, have everything that I wanted and everything that I enjoyed, but just in smaller quantities. So rather than eating the muffin and feeling guilty, I was, you know, I was calculating how much of it could I have, which meant that I was still getting a little bit of everything that I wanted, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't pushing me over my, um, over my, my my calories for the day. So I also started running whenever I had Maya. And again, only for want of, of knowledge of what was, you know, I, I had no idea about slow steady cardio, which is what I, I teach now. I had no idea about anything. So I just decided that I would start running. So while Maya was sleeping, um, my kids all, were all great nappers and I had them all in a routine quite early. And so I, Maya would have a really long sleep between about 12, about midday or about 11.30 and about 2 p.m. And so I, my husband worked from home, he had an office from home. So every day um, at around that time, if, you know, and I would have said the boys would have, you know, napped as well, actually, because they were all really young or Corey would have sat watch TV and I would have taken myself out for a five kilometer run. So I ran on the road or I used to go in the morning to the gym and I would take Maya with me and I had a, a babysitter for the kids, the two older boys, and I would have plunked her on the floor beside the treadmill and the white noise of the treadmill would have kept her asleep and I would have run on the treadmill. So I usually only did like 30 minutes running, that was it, you know, and there was 
was no like watching Netflix on your phone or anything at that point. It was like running was boring as shit. Like you, you could listen to music, but like that was really it. So I ran for about 30 minutes. So this kind of daily running of 30 minutes coupled with eating 1400 calories meant that I lost the weight really, really quickly. And I lost about a pound a week. And so, but that was, you know, that, that was my first ever experience of meal planning and prepping. And it because the weight came off so consistently, I was really impressed. I was like, this isn't a guessing game. This is actually, that was the first time I realized that meal planning and, and working towards a goal was, wasn't a guessing game. It was actually a science. It was actually like a mathematical equation. I want to lose X amount. I weigh and I'm X tall. And so if I eat X amount of food, then I will lose X amount of weight. And it was very, very methodical. The weight came off every single week. One to two pounds a week I lost. Very, very quickly, I was back down to, you know, being super slim, muscular. I was doing loads of yoga and that kind of stuff. I wasn't muscular like I am now. I was lean, you know. And um, and then, of course, I found out I was pregnant with Jack when Maya was only 13 months. And I was devastated because I really did. I wasn't ready for another baby. I was just enjoying having my body back. And I was stressed from having three young kids anyway. But it was fine. Jack came along. And, of course, we love him. But it really was quite stressful. So, um, but here's the thing about the way that I did it, right? Looking back now, I would love to take the Kim of 10 years ago and, you know, not only put me on a calorie counted meal plan, but put me on a macro and calorie counted meal plan or put me on at least a 1400 calorie meal plan that was higher in protein and lower in fat. Okay. Because here's the thing. All I did was calculate how many calories, well, I didn't even calculate the, um, sorry, lower in fat and carbs, I should have said, the uh the the app that i used calculated you know for me that I should eat 1400 calories. Now, had I created a meal plan, so had I understood that, you know, to prioritize protein um, over carbs and fats would have been more thermogenic, it would have been better for my body composition, it would have been better for muscle retention and for fat burning. Had I known how to get those marginal gains and manipulate those macros and calories, I probably could have got better results, right? I probably could have got faster results. Had I incorporated strength training, even if it was just at home, like we do in the jailhouse shred, like body weight calisthenics training, or if it had been something like, you know, the eight-week butt camp, which again, can all be done from home with bands um, and minimal weights or dumbbells, whatever. Had I incorporated something like that, I actually would have accelerated my results even more and completely changed my body composition. But I didn't know any of that at the time. I just wanted to lose the weight and it was a very methodical way of doing it, but it was actually perfect. I mean, I can look back now and say, had Coach Kim now, 41 years of age, been available for you know, Kim at 31 years of age, of course I would have got epic results because the meal plan that I could have created for myself with the knowledge I have now and, and you know, the plan, the, the strength training plan would have been absolutely epic. But here's the caveat. I was figuring it all out for myself in the beginning. And actually what I did was absolutely perfect because what I did enabled me to achieve the results without any overwhelm. Not having to meal plan, not having to, you know, calculate everything out, just having to input the food that I wanted to eat and hit a calorie count every day um, actually gave me an experience of tracking and measuring and getting a result. Now, was it the best possible result that I ever could have gotten? Well, probably not, but that, you know, but now I can look back with hindsight and say that, but at the time it was perfect because it helped me to achieve success. So, and the reason I lost weight was because I was in a calorie deficit, right? 
It's not balancing your macros per se. It's not eating the correct amount of protein or fats or carbs. It's not about doing strength training as well as cardio. You know, all of these things help to push you into more of a calorie deficit, but it's the calorie deficit that actually causes you to lose weight. A lot of people come to me, and I did an episode a few weeks ago about, you know, intermittent fasting or, you know, other things that I call fad diets. And I hate to be down on intermittent fasting. I don't mean to be. If you're like, gosh, she's always bitching about intermittent fasting, I really don't mean to. It's just kind of the one that comes up all the time in my group. So it's always at the forefront of my mind. So I apologize if I offended you. I don't mean to. But, um, you know, the, the reason why those kinds of, um, you know, the 5-2 diet and the intermittent fasting diet or the ketogenic diet or all those different things, the reason why they work is because you're in a calorie deficit. It's not intermittent fasting or keto or whatever that, that works to make your body lose body fat. It's the fact that you're in a calorie deficit. That is what causes your body to lose weight. And that's the first point that I want to make here with this um, little web of meal planning that I'm going to weave for you in this podcast. But that is the first point that I want to make. Your body loses body fat because you're in a calorie deficit. That's why. It's not because you're eating more protein or eating less fat or you're doing more exercise, whatever. All of these things add up to a calorie deficit. It's like, you know, it's like taking two plus two plus two plus two and getting eight, okay? It is the the result. So if you're looking for a result, then it doesn't really matter if you're putting in two plus two plus two plus two, or if you're putting in four plus four, or if you're putting in one plus one plus six, you know, you're you're still getting the result at the end. You're still getting eight. So it doesn't matter if you're putting in keto plus intermittent fasting plus running. It doesn't matter if you're putting in slow, steady cardio versus, you know, uphill walking with biking, with eating in a calorie deficit, um, or with, sorry, with intermittent fasting, you're still getting eight. Does that make sense? So what you're going for is the result and what causes your, your body to lose the body fat, which is the result, is being in a calorie deficit. So what is a calorie deficit? Well, you have this thing called your total daily energy expenditure. A lot of people will have heard me talk about this, especially if you follow me or you're in my programs. You will know all about your TDEE. But for those of you who don't know what it is, I'm going to tell you. And for those of you who do know what it is, let's have a refresher. So your total daily energy expenditure is um, shortened to your TDEE, and it is your basal metabolic rate, okay, mixed with or combined with the amount of energy you expend on a daily basis by just living life. So your basal metabolic rate is the rate at which your body burns calories just to keep you alive. So your, your basal metabolic rate is, um, is, is your body expending calories to digest your food, to blink, to grow hair, to grow nails, to um, make urine, to digest your food, to, um, you know, create, you know, to, to, to hold water in the body. Like all of those things require calories. Every time you drink a glass of water, your body requires calories, requires energy in order to, you know, um, turn that water, you know, absorb it through the small intestine into the blood to send it to the bladder to be excreted as urine. Okay. So, your basal metabolic rate is the rate at which your body burns calories to keep you alive, right? And it is responsible for, many people do not know this and are surprised, 60% of your total daily energy expenditure. 60% of the energy that you expend every day is taken up by your body keeping itself alive. So if you were to lie on your bed all day watching The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, 
don't judge me, (laughs) your body will still burn a lot of calories. So let's break that down into what that looks like in percentages. I'm actually just taking out my my calculator here because I can't do sums, do sums, like it sounds like I'm in school. I can't do sums and, and, uh, and talk and think at the same time. Okay. So if you're Total daily energy expenditure is 2,000 calories, okay? That's, and I'm going to explain the other bit to you in a minute. Um, that's the how many calories you need to maintain your current weight and your current body fat percentage, okay? Your current body composition. Let's say your daily intake of calories that your body requires is 2,000. 1,200 of those will be made up by your basal metabolic rate, and the other 800 is made up by you moving around, the job that you do by talking, moving your arms, you know, working, training in the gym, doing your cardio, whatever else, okay? But 1,200 of them is made up by your basal metabolic rate. And loads of people are surprised by that. I'm surprised whenever I first found that out years ago. And so the other 800 is attributed to everything else that you do. So if you were to lie in bed and watch The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, your body would still burn 1,200 calories. Isn't that shocking? And maybe another 100 if you were like lifting your arm up to like drink your gin and tonic. I'm totally giving away all of my secrets here. So, you know, and so that that is your body would still burn those 1,200 calories. Maybe an extra 100 or 200 calories. Maybe I have to get up and pee a couple of times, go back to the kitchen to get snacks or whatever, okay? You're maybe going to burn another 100 calories or so, but you're still going to burn calories even though you've been lying in your ass all day. So the other portion of your um, TDEE, your total daily energy expenditure, is made up by the amount of calories you burn by moving around every day. So in my life, you know, at the minute, I I get up every morning and I train for an hour and then I uh, come to the office. On the weekends, I don't obviously come to the office. I burn a lot more calories walking around the house and looking after the kids and doing stuff. During the week, I come here to the office. You know, I, I you know, walk back and forth to the toilet, but I mostly sit here at my desk, okay, working or, you know, recording podcasts or whatever I'm doing. Then whenever I go home in the afternoon, I usually take the dog for a walk. We go for about six or seven kilometers. I average around 15,000 steps a day. Okay. So I, I I wear an Apple watch so I can I can look at my steps and I would average um, between 13 and 17,000, right? On the weekend, it would be, it would be about 20,000 actually, because I walk a lot around the house in the garden. During the week, whenever I'm working, because I go for that hour-long walk with the dog, I usually average about 15,000, 15 to 17,000 steps a day, okay? So I can pretty much work out how active I am. I do one-hour strength training four days a week, four days out of seven, and I and it's a pretty soul-crushing strength training workout, and I do um, one-hour cardio a day, 15,000 steps. So I know I can work out, whenever I'm working out what my total daily energy expenditure is, because I can track how much energy I expend or how much energy I'm doing, then I can accurately calculate what my total daily energy expenditure is. Now, for all of those of you who are listening, you're like, Kim, you've totally lost me. Don't worry. We have a free resource on our website. If you go to the Sculpted Vegan, if you click on tools at the top in the menu at the top, you will see a free calorie calculator. Okay. Free calorie calculator. You simply go there, you put in all of your details that it asks you for, and it will tell you what your total daily energy expenditure is. It'll tell you how many calories you need to eat every day in order to maintain your current body shape, right? Your body composition. That's what your TDE is. Now, how do you lose weight? Well, if you want to lose weight, then all you have to do is eat less than your body needs to maintain your current size, or you need to exercise more or both. So if you if you're naturally, so so like me, I said every day, that's my natural habitat. I train four days a week. I go for a walk seven days a week for sometimes six, but mostly seven for at least an hour, a good walk. My my heart rate's about 120 BPM whenever I'm walking. 
And so I know that this is my daily activity. So if I want to lose body fat, okay, so my my, um, my TDEE is actually 2,600 calories, right? That's how much, how many calories I need to eat to maintain my current size, to not put on body fat and to not lose body fat. That's what I need to eat. So if I want to lose body fat, all I have to do is eat less than 2,600 calories. It's really simple, okay? I need to eat less. And, and if I eat slightly less and I exercise slightly more, that's going to push me into even more of a deficit. So let's say I decide to add in a second hour-long walk, right? Well, I know in that walk, I burn about 280 or 300 calories, okay? Because my, my watch tells me, roughly, that's how many I burn. So if I added in a second walk, I'm going to be burning, let's say, an average of two, let's say 250. I always underestimate. So let's say I'm going to be burning 250 calories. I add an, an extra hour walk in the morning. I get up extra early and I go for an hour in the morning. I'm burning. Burning, now I'm burning an extra 250 calories. If I only did that and I didn't change what I'm eating, I would lose body fat because I'm, I'm burning 250 extra calories a day. Now, if I cut 100 or 200 calories out of my diet every day and I went for that walk, I'm now in a 450 calorie deficit daily. So I'm going to lose more weight faster. Does that make sense? See, whenever I explain it to people in this way, they're like, Oh my God, that makes so much sense. Why did I not know this? Why did they not teach this in school? I really wish that this is the kind of stuff they taught our kids. Maybe there wouldn't be as many obese adults in the world if children learned about how to calculate this stuff, you know, and how to achieve a goal instead of learning what cumulus clouds are or about the World War II or whatever the other shit it is that they teach them in school. Don't get me started. I'm not going there. I promise. I'm staying with this. Okay, so so here's the thing, right? So a lot of people come into the eight-week butt camp, Okay. So, and they they come in and they go, um, oh, I'm not sure what I should do. Should I follow the meal plans or should I calculate my own macros? So I we have it laid out very, very clearly in the program. Here, everybody should follow the prescriptive meal plan unless you are very overweight and have allergies, okay? If you're very overweight, you should follow the meal plan. When I say very overweight, I mean obese, okay? I mean like more than 200 pounds. So if you're very overweight, you should definitely follow the meal plan. But if you're very overweight and have allergies, then I give you a calculation, which means and when you have allergies, which means that you can't follow the meal plan. Like say you can't have any I don't know, whatever, any grains and soy and you have loads of intolerances or allergies, so you can't follow the meal plan. I give you a calculation for that. Then you should definitely not follow the meal plan. You should use this calculation and calculate your own. And then I also say, if you are a seasoned athlete and really experienced with calculating macros and calories, here is, or if you're under, like uh, I think I say, if you're under, I think it's 16% body fat. So if you're under 16% body fat, eating the calorie macro counted meal plans may not push you into a deficit, right? So say you're five foot two and you're 14% body fat. If you start the mac the calorie counted meal plan at 1500 calories, you may not, that may be too high for you to start. You may have to start slightly lower to push yourself into a deficit. So the goal of the program is, is always to push you into a deficit. Now, most people, 80% of people who join the program are going to be a little overweight. Some are a lot overweight. They're not going to have macro. They're not going to have any, sorry, intolerances or allergies or that kind of stuff. So for 80% of people who purchase the program, 80 to 90%, the meal plan, following the meal plan and the cardio plan is going to get you absolutely epic results. Why? Because it's only an eight-week meal, it's only an eight-week program, and you're going to shred an enormous amount of body fat. You're not in eight weeks, okay? Unless you're pretty low body fat anyway and you have a lot of muscle, you're not going to be stage athlete 
body fat percentages. You're not going to be able to stand on stage at the end of eight weeks unless you already look like me, okay? I could do the eight-week butt camp and I could stand on stage in eight weeks because I have an enormous amount of muscle. My body is used to shredding and I know, you know, and I, I know how to manip- manipulate everything. But if you're just a, a regular person, I hate saying an average person, but what I mean is like if you're a regular person, you haven't been doing a lot of consistent exercise the way we teach in the program. You haven't been doing a lot of cardio. You haven't been counting meal plans or macros. You've just been like living life, but now you've decided to take the ball, you know, or to to take life in your hands and to you know, take the bull by the horns. That's what I'm looking for. And, uh, and you know, and, and join this program. You're going to get epic results following the meal plan because you're going to be pushed into a huge calorie deficit through doing the double cardio sessions, which start at 30 minutes and work up to 60 minutes twice a day. And uh, you're also going to get, you know, huge growth in your glutes and the rest of your body because it's a full body training. And you're also, you're going to get like epic fat loss results, okay, from following the meal plan. There's only this very small amount of people that wouldn't get the benefit from following the meal plan because they're not under 16% body fat or they are, you know, they have allergies or whatever. And so they can't follow the meal plan. That is why most, for most people, a generic meal plan will work. And to illustrate this, actually, let me tell you a story about a girl, Trisha Lewis, that I uh, interviewed recently. A lot of you will remember Trisha. She's Trisha's transformation. She has lost an enormous amount of weight. Like Trisha has lost over a hundred pounds. I'm not even joking. A hundred pounds. She tipped the scales, I think at, uh, I can't remember what she said was her heaviest. I'm pretty sure she said it was like 280 pounds or something. Like she has lost an enormous amount of weight in the last year. Okay. And I love Trisha's story because she hasn't followed a meal plan. She hasn't followed a specific training plan. She hasn't followed anything like that in her journey. All she has done is commit to working out every day, whether that's a walk, a run, a hit session, a, a gym session, jumping on her trumpet, whatever. She has committed to working out every single day and she's committed to eating healthy. She's a chef, so she knows how to eat healthy. She just, her, her portion sizes were out of control. So she has cut out dessert. She's eating healthier. She's not like tracking her macros and calories. She was telling me she was eating like a Weetabix for breakfast, which is, I was like, no, 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 no. You need protein, girl. You can't have Weetabix and banana for breakfast. So whenever she was telling me what she was eating, I was like, oh my God, I could totally, I could just take this whole meal plan and I could like literally boost her results. I knew that I could double her results if I could just create something for her. But she was like, you know what, Kim? And I even offered to for free. I was like, let me work with you. Let me let me give you a plan. And you know what she said to me? She said, I really appreciate the offer, but I'm just happy with what I'm doing at the minute. It's gotten epic results. I'm still getting epic results. And this is really working for me and I don't want to change it. And I had so much respect for her for saying that because Trisha has lost an enormous amount of weight and how she's lost an enormous amount of weight isn't through being, you know, really precise with her macros or calories or training. It's actually just through putting in consistent effort every single day. And people really underestimate consistency. We are a nation, a worldwide global nation of overthinkers. Overthinkers. And this is what we see every time we launch a new program. And we love it. We have so much fun with it, the coaches and I, because it literally brings out people's OCD. Now, I know a $10,000 first prize also brings out people's OCD, but really we're a nation of overthinkers. People literally pick apart every single tiny little detail. And what, what we try and say to them is, guys, it isn't picking apart every single tiny little detail that's going to get you the results. 
It's following the plan consistently. It's following the meal plan consistently. You know, the calculating your calories and macros precisely isn't actually, for most people, for 80 to 90% of people, isn't going to get them better results. It's the consistency of doing the cardio at the prescribed cardio heart rate. Even that isn't important, right? Just doing the cardio is actually more important. So doing the cardio, you know, doing the training, going to failure as much as you possibly can with the training and the way we teach and, you know, and following the meal plan exactly and not deviating, not, you know, cheating, not adding in extra bits of this, not measuring, like measure everything, weigh everything, be precise with the meal plan that I have created. And this is what I say to people, it's the consistency is going to get you epic results for 80 to 90% of people, okay? And for those of you who are like, well, that's all very well, well and good, Kim, but I'm actually in the, the 10 to 20% you're talking about. I'm going to I'm gonna give you a strategy in a second. So don't worry, I'm not leaving you guys out. But what I am saying is for most of the people who are listening to this and most of the people who are like buying the butt camp or any of my other programs or any program that you're following, might not even be one of my programs, it's the consistency which is going to get you the best results. And I loved Trisha's story because it just shows how she has put pushed herself into a calorie deficit every single day by exercising and by eating healthy. She hasn't tracked a single bloody thing. She hasn't tracked macros or calories, nothing. All she's done is show up consistently for herself every day, and she has lost 100 pounds in a year. Now, given that there are 52 weeks in a year, that is a consistent loss of two pounds per week, which is actually incredible for, you know, for what she's done. Now, could I have taken her under my wing, coached her, you know, prepped her food, given her her exact macros and calories and a, and a training plan and all the rest of it and caused her to lose, you know, 100 pounds maybe in six months? Yeah, maybe. But that isn't the goal. Speed is not Trisha's goal, okay? Effective, long-term fat loss is her goal. Getting there as fast as she possibly can isn't her goal. So for those of you who are like real kind of overthinkers and who are like, but what if I do this? And what if I do this? And But what if I, you know, and, and, you know, like the the... There's so many neurotic people in the world. I'm like, guys, calm down. This neuroticism is actually the thing that has stopped you from achieving your goals so far. Calm down. Take a deep breath. Take a step back. You know, just aim for consistency, not perfection. Okay? Perfection will, will make you feel. Consistency will keep you moving towards your goal. Okay? And what has worked for Trisha is it's the exercise she's been doing every day, coupled with the lower calories than she's obviously been eating in the past, that has pushed her into the calorie deficit. Now, I've looked at Trisha's diet and I've looked at her body composition. Well, I haven't looked at it in detail, but I can see what she posts on Instagram. And I know she won't mind me telling the story because she's epic. You should go and check her out if you don't know who she is. Trisha's transformation. She's wonderful. I interviewed her last week on the podcast. So, um, it, but I think that, you know, what, just, you know, from an overview, what I think though has caused Trisha's incredible transformation is the amount of exercise that she's been doing. Now, I do believe that at some point Trisha will plateau, okay? Because everybody does. At some point she will plateau and she will reach a stage where she, her weight loss won't be as fast or won't be as consistent. And that's when she may have to change things up and become more precise, okay? And that's why as an athlete, you would never follow a prescriptive meal plan if you wanted to stand on stage. You have to follow a meal plan that is tailored for your body composition because you can't take a chance when you're going to stand on stage. 
you have to be a low percentage of body fat. You have to look a certain way. You have to have a delt cap. You have to have all these different things, right? And so if if you, you know, you couldn't take a chance. So once you will reach a stage in your journey, if you really want to go that far with it, where you're going to have to be more precise with your macros. But for most people, they don't want to look like a stage athlete, okay? They don't want to even stand on stage. And so they never need to be that precise. But there will, if you ever plateau and your, you know, and your results stop, it's usually because then you need to start being more precise, calculating your, your calories and your macros and tracking a little bit more precisely. And that is what will then push you once again into a calorie deficit and to keep you moving forward towards your goal. You know, and many people I find whenever they join something like the um, the eight-week butt camp, they've never they've never tracked calories consistently. They've never tracked their macros. They've never done anything like this. So kind of just like Trisha, you know, it's to do, it's it's overwhelming enough to start now doing double cardio sessions a day and learning all these new exercises and having to think about, you know, what bands or equipment you need and then having to, you know, do all the shopping for, you know, your food and plan all your food in advance and, and cook it and track it. And, you know, the learning curve is already pretty big, right? And if you've never created your own meal plan, then that's like a whole other headache that you really don't need that isn't actually going to get you any better results over eight weeks. Of course, further down the line, like I said, you're going to have to be more precise. But in the first eight weeks, you really aren't going to, you know, you you really aren't, it's really not going to make it any better for you. And actually, it could even um, cause you more of a headache because what many people try to do as well is they they take a, a meal plan, you know, it's like, like something in the eight-week butt camp or in a, you know, a different program, whatever they're using, and they calculate their own macros and they try to create like this mutant program, okay, this homogenization of, of something. So they go, well, I'm going to take Kim's meal plan and I'm going to track my own macros and calories and then I'm going to try and manipulate the meal plan into my own macros and calories. Now, I know there's some of you are nodding and going, oh, okay, whoops, yep, that's me. Uh-huh. Don't try to do that, okay? That's actually harder than just creating your own meal plan. I'm not even joking. It's actually easier to sit and create your own meal plan. I'm going to tell you how to do that in a wee second, by the way, exactly how to do it step by step. But um, I, it, that's actually harder to take someone else's meal plan and try and like squeeze it into your calories and macros. That will actually cause you more of a headache than it will just to learn how to do it in the first place. So definitely don't do that either, okay? So if you do calculate your own macros or if you do want to calculate your own macros and calories if you're like maybe you're not even working a plan at the minute but you're like this is something I would really like to learn or maybe you are an athlete who is you know or you're becoming an athlete who is you know thinking about competing for the first time or you know you're a coach or whatever and you want to you know you're a new coach or a new PT and you want to learn how to do this for your clients I'm going to give you the exact step-by-step way that I do it as a vegan athlete because how we do it as vegan athletes is slightly different to how uh, omnivores or carnivores or whatever do it because I've seen a lot of other personal trainers meal plans and you know and and I know that definitely how I do it is different based on the experience that I have through many, 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 many years of trying all different types of diet and and diets and raw food diets and and health diets and high fat diets and keto diets and studying food and nutrition or whatever. I know that I have perfected, perfected the perfect way to meal plan as a vegan or a plant-based athlete. And I'm going to teach you exactly how to do that in in just a little second. Um, Because here's the thing, right? Meal planning around macros, like I said earlier, is almost like a science, okay? In fact, it's not even almost like a science. It is a bloody science. You know what what something needs to be in order to be considered a science? Verifiable, measurable, and reproducible. 
You have to be able to measure results, verify your results, and reproduce your results again and again and again. That's what makes something a science. And that's exactly what macro planning is. That's not just the macro planning, but you know, planning the macros and calories and then testing them on your body, getting the result, and then reproducing that result again and again and again, either in you or in your clients or in other people. Okay. So it, it is actually a science and it's very, very precise, right? And you know, the thing about whenever you're pla- whenever you're planning and tra- tracking your macros is like one week you may be eating, say, 140 grams of tofu, okay? Because tofu is obviously a protein, but it's quite high in fat. So let's say at one meal, such as lunch, you're eating like 140 grams of tofu and and then the next week you're eating, say, 280 grams of tofu, right? Or one week you're eating 200 grams of tofu and the next week you're eating 280 grams of tofu. This actually happened at the minute, or this actually happened in, in our group at the minute in the butt camp. Um, you know, in, in the recipe, I have a recipe for simple scrambled tofu, which goes with the meal plans. And the recipe calls for, I think it's it serves one and I think it's like 200 grams. So the the um, the amount that I worked, for the re- worked out whenever I was doing the recipe was 200 grams, okay? And I, it gives the... Um, it gives the macros and the calories, whatever, for the 200 grams of tofu and the spices and whatever else is in it. And so, but in in the meal plan, it's very hard for me to take 200 grams. I'm creating eight different meal plans, okay? It's very hard for me to take 200 grams of tofu and fit that into every single week because some weeks the tofu may be in in the lunch meal or whatever. There's not tofu in every single week either, but I'm just using this as an example. Some weeks in order to balance the macros. So what I mean by balance the macros is, you know, in the macros that I usually use for shredding are out of 100% of proteins, carbs, and fats, 45% is usually protein, 25% is usually carbs, and then the rest is made up by your fat macros, okay? So I usually try and eat higher protein and lower carb whenever I'm shredding. I just find that it works really, really well for me and for the thousands and thousands of women that join my program. So I will try and balance the macros. So whenever I am meal planning, um, which I'm going to teach you to do in a second, I work out, you know, okay, my calories, first of all, I'll say, you know, how many calories do I want to eat, right? And I will say, okay, this week I want to, I want to start on, you know, 2,000 calories. So I will say, okay, out of 2,000 calories to eat, I want 45% of those calories to be from protein, 25% of those calories to be from carbs. But if I said about thumbnails, I'm like, I can't, can't even count. And then 30% to be from fat, okay? So that is the way I will balance my macros. And then I plug those into my fitness pal and that will give me the grams. So that will say, right, you need to eat 100 and, you know, I don't know what it is, but 148 grams of protein, 72 grams of carbs, and 54 grams of fat, right? So then I will, you know, work out the meal plans based on those. So whenever I work out the meal plans for like the eight-week butt camp, I'll say, okay, we're going to start at 1,500 calories, then drop to 1,300, then then 1,200, no, 1,500, 1,400, 1,300, 1,200, okay? So that's how I'll work out the things, and then I'll work out the balance of the macros. And so whenever you are, um, whenever people come into the the butt camp program, you know, it's very hard to go, okay, every single week you're eating, in this meal, you're eating 200 grams of tofu. Because sometimes it might be, well, today you have to have 280 grams of tofu. And then in the next the next meal plan, it might be 100 grams of tofu at that meal. And the next one might be 140 grams. So you, it's not, and I guess what I'm trying to say is you have to understand how macros and calories are done. It's not that you, you just take a recipe which has 200 grams of protein 
or 200 grams of tofu, and then you try and squeeze that into my fitness pal, it's almost like you have to do it in reverse. You have to say, what happens if I put 200 grams of tofu in here? What does that do to my protein? What happens if I put in 180 grams of tempeh? And then so you go in and you, you, know, you plan it all in. And sometimes you're going to have more tofu, sometimes less tofu. So that's the only way you can create variety in your meals, okay? I'm going to break this down for you in a second. So just stick with me. But guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, you, you can't get hung up on recipes. You can't get hung up on ingredients, okay? It, it seems very obvious to me that if something says 140 grams in, in the meal plan, but the recipe is for 200 grams, then what I will simply do is adjust the ingredient quantities in the recipe to fit what I need for the meal plan. So if it says 200 over here, I go, oh, well, it says 200 over here, but I only need 140 over here. So I'm going to cook the 200 grams, then I'm going to weigh out 140 and keep the 60 for another time or give it to somebody else or something. You know, that makes so much sense to me. But I, I realized today, whenever this all, all this confusion was coming up, that people aren't used to calculating in precise grams and percentages. They're used to seeing a recipe and cooking a recipe and saying, oh, this serves too, so I eat half a portion. People are used to eating in portions in recipe sizes and that kind of stuff. They're not used to looking at the grams. But if you really want to get good with uh, changing your body composition with tr you know planning and tracking and meal planning and that kind of stuff, you have to start to consider the grams. Every time I eat something, and you should get into this habit as well, every time I eat something, I look at the macros on the back of it. So if I eat a protein bar, I immediately turn it over and I look and it usually gives you the uh, the macros per 100 grams and it gives you the macros per bar. So I will always look how many calories are in this and how many protein, how many grams of protein am I getting for X amount of calories. So if there's 220 calories in the bar, 180 calories or something in the bar, but I'm getting 24 grams of protein, I'm like, wow, that's great. 24 grams of protein for only 180 calories. So over time, I, you begin to realize, you know, what's high and what's low. And then you look at another protein bar, and you're like, oh my God, 10 grams of protein for only 180 calories. You're like, I don't want 180 calories if I'm only getting 10 grams of protein because you know then the high it's going to be higher carbs and fats. So you want to get into the habit of reading the back of everything. Whenever I'm talking to people, like my kids have a personal trainer and he came around, um, he comes around every Tuesday and Friday to train the kids in the garden. They do all hit and fun stuff or whatever. And so he was leaving the other day and he was saying, how do you get your protein as a vegan bodybuilder? And I said, and I started rhyming off and I said, it's incredible. I said, people ask me all this all the time, but you've got, you know, sunflower mints, you've got um, tempeh, tofu. You know, I was telling him about soy products, you know, different, you know, uh, meat substitutes and things. And I was telling him about sunflower mints. And I said, sunflower mints is amazing. It's got 52 grams of protein and only 1.6 grams of um, carbs and not 0.6 grams of fat. And he was like, wow, how do you know the macros? I was like, I know the macros of everything I eat because I'm always looking at what are the carbs, what are the proteins, what are the fat? And if you're a vegan bodybuilder, you want to always be looking for protein sources that are high in protein and low in carbs and fats because that's what makes it a lean protein, okay? A lean protein is high in protein, low in carbs and fats. Lean means it doesn't have a lot of fat, okay? That's usually what lean means, it's low in carbs and low in fat. So you want to always be looking for that. So anyway, Corey, my, the guy's trainer, he was like, oh, wow, when I was rhyming off all of these, you know, tofu, I was like, tofu's higher in fat, but tempeh's low in fat and it's great and high in protein. You get sunflower mints and this and that, and whatever. I was like, it's actually really, really easy whenever you know how. And so, um, so you have to get used to thinking in 
in grams, macros, and calories versus portion sizes. And I think that's the biggest shift that somebody needs to make whenever they are going to start to learn how to calculate their own macros and calories. You have to be like a little investigator, okay? You have to be like a little private investigator, like examining the labels of everything. I learned to look at labels when I was, I was very fortunate. I was like 19 and I read this incredible book, um, which was all about optimum health and fitness. And it, and I'd never even considered reading the back of a label before, but this taught me to look at the back of a label. It wasn't teaching me to look for grams and calories and macros. Um, it was telling me to look for uh, additives in my food, things like um, hydrogenated vegetable fats, things like, you know, um, different artificial sweeteners like aspartame, um, all different types of, you know, thickeners and guar gum and um, xanthian gum and all this kind of stuff. And it's, um, I don't even know if I pronounced that correctly, but it's to, to look for ingredients that weren't natural, right? And to steer away from them. So I got really, really used to reading the backs of labels. And then I started reading, you know, the, um, the calories and the macros of food as well. I just got really used to reading labels and I would encourage you to do the same. I would encourage you to start really looking at labels and to educate yourself in this area because it is one of the best things that you'll ever do for yourself, especially if you are interested in fitness or bodybuilding or even just achieving a better result, right? You have to get really, really good at it. But in the beginning, I really do encourage you to find a really good generic meal plan and to follow it you know, if you're not used to doing all this, because although you can learn on the job, so to speak, it'll just make it so much more stressful. So, but you can get really, really good results if you just follow someone else's plan who knows exactly what they're doing. So, right, well, let's get into some, um, some actual meal planning. Okay. I'm going to give you some points now of, of exactly how I meal plan. I was driving with my husband the other day. We were driving to, um, I can't remember where we're driving to, but I said to him, can you drive? Cause I need to do, I need to create a meal plan while we're driving. And he was like, you need to create a meal plan. And it was just before we launched the eight-week butt camp. And I realized that I had only put in one refeed day plan. So in the eight-week butt camp, you get a refeed day every week, which is much higher carbohydrate. It's like 2,100 calories. And it keeps you mentally and physically motivated. And it's just a really good way to reset the metabolism and keep leptin levels high. And so I said, I need to create another refeed, man, refeed plan. And he goes, are you going to be able to do that in 10 minutes? And I was like, yeah, of course. And so he drove and I whipped out my phone. I opened up my fitness pal and I literally, within 10 minutes, I inputted the calories, the macros, whatever. I started playing around with food, adding, subtracting, adding, subtracting, you know, doing things. And within the 10 minute journey that it took us to go from A to B, I had created a 2100 meal plan, refeed day meal plan and added it into the PDF. And he was like, how the hell did you do that so fast? And I said, I don't know, actually, I just have so much experience. But then I thought, no, here, let's break it down, actually. Let's let's break it down and, and teach how to do this. And by the way, guys, I've actually, we've already planned our next launch, our next program. I'm running a half-day live interactive masterclass in a Zoom room. It's going to be a three-hour masterclass. Um, it's going to be a meal planning masterclass. It's on Sunday, the 23rd of August. We haven't released any details yet, but it's um, you're going to be able to like literally be with me in a conference room virtually and I'm going to teach everything about meal planning, macros, master and and calories and composition and and training as a and and planning your food as a as a plant-based athlete and we're going to create meal plans together in the workshop. You're going to have workbooks and everything and then I'm going to um and then you're going to you're going to take the meal plan away and you know and be able to to work it into your own body composition. So 23rd of August that's happening. You can look out for details. We will send out details obviously. But here's how I did it whenever I was driving with Ryan, okay? So the first thing I do whenever I'm creating a meal plan is I plan my protein first. 
So what does this look like? Well, I go through every single meal and I start with breakfast and I say, okay, what am I going to eat for breakfast? So usually I'm, I'm planning a meal, a meal plan in a week in advance. So I'm thinking next week, what are we going to eat for breakfast? And I try it on. What do I feel like for breakfast? And I go, well, okay, you know, I'm happy to have oatmeal for breakfast, right? So I, so first of all, I go, okay, well, I'm going to put a scoop of oatmeal. I'm going to put a scoop of protein powder in my oatmeal. Now, here's a tip for you when looking for protein powder. You want to look for a protein powder that has really high, um, really high protein content and, and as low calories as you possibly can. Now, I am um, affiliated with the Protein Works. I have worked with these guys for five years now, okay? And they, they look after me really, really well. And in turn, I look after them. I send them to thousands of customers. So the Protein Works have just brought out a new protein shake called Wonder Shake, okay? I always used to use their vegan protein powder because it tasted the absolute best, okay? Incredible taste, incredible texture. But they just brought out this new one, Wonder Shake, which is supposed to be more like whey protein, but I've never had whey protein in my life, so I don't even know what it tastes like. But um, this one has, the, the protein powder that I always used to use by the Protein Works had 111 calories per scoop, okay? Now, the chocolate one that I loved had 125. 122 calories per scoop. and But whenever I was dieting, I used to switch to the vanilla one because the vanilla one had 11 less calories. And whenever you're having four scoops a day, that's a lot of calories. That's 44 calories. And those 44 calories really count whenever you're not eating very many calories. So they brought out this new Wonder Shake protein which has 21 grams of protein per scoop. And the scoop is quite small, so you're not putting a huge amount of protein in. But it only has, wait you here, 82 calories. Only 82 calories. Like, that is so much lower than the protein powder that I used to use. And whenever you're using four scoops a day, those calories really add up. Let me just pull out my trusty calculator and see 111 minus 82 is 29 calories less. If I'm having four of those a day, which I usually am when I'm dieting, that's 116 calories. And let me tell you, those 116 calories mean a lot whenever you're dieting. So I use the Wonder Shake by um, the Protein Works. And actually, exciting news, wait till you hear, until the 25th of June, the Protein Works are offering all my followers 50% off site-wide. And they ship worldwide. They ship everywhere in the world. 50% off. To get the 50% off code, you just simply put in TSV50. Okay? TSV50 at checkout, The Sculpted Vegan TSV50, and you will get 50% off site-wide. And just as a little tip, the more you order, the cheaper your shipping is. So if you order quite a lot, you actually get free shipping. Um, if you only order one thing, the shipping's higher. So um, so anyway, so what I will do is I will go, okay, I'm going to use, I'm going to put the Protein Works um, Wonder Shake in my oatmeal in the morning and I, I input that in first, right? And then of course that deducts the calories for that meal from my totals for the day. And then I go, right, what are the other definite meals I'm going to have? And I go, well, I'm definitely going to need something post-workout and I'm going to need something before bed. So then I'll go in and I'll say, okay, so I'm going to have, you know, two scoops of protein post-workout. And then I, I don't even put in the carbs yet because all I'm working out is the protein. So I'll go two scoops of the Wonder Shake post-workout, add those in. Then I'll go, okay, before bed, I'm going to have, I usually love like having protein before bed whenever I train because, or no, sorry, whenever I'm dieting because it is thermogenic. So and I, I like something kind of sweet and filling before I go to bed. I usually make like a, I blend it with just a little bit of water and lots of ice and make it like an ice cream almost. So I go, okay, another two scoops before bed, right? So there you are. So I input all of those. And then I go, okay, so that's my post-workout protein, my before bed protein and my breakfast protein. What else is left? Lunch and dinner. And I go, okay, what protein am I going to have with lunch? And I go, well, what'll happen if I input uh, 200 grams of tofu? So I'll input 200 grams of extra firm tofu. 
And then I look at my protein, I go, okay, great. I've only got like 22 grams of protein left to have, or I've only got 16 grams left to have. Sometimes it's very low. And I'll say, okay, what can, what can I eat that'll give me 16 grams? So then I go to dinner and I say, okay, well, what'll happen if I have, you know, a hundred grams of tempeh with my dinner? So I put in tempeh and it'll go, boom, it'll go like minus 22. I go, okay, that's too much protein. So then I go back and I go, okay, what about if I have, you know, like uh, 50 grams of tempeh and I put it in, it goes protein calories, zero. And I go, great, I've hit my protein for the day. I don't need to add any more protein. So then I go, okay, carbs. What carbs am I going to have, right? Or sometimes I don't even get to zero. Let me back up a little bit. Sometimes I'll have like, say, 16 grams of protein left and I won't put any protein in dinner. But now what I'll start to do is put in my protein carbs, okay? Protein carbs are carbs which give you protein and carbohydrates at the same time. Things like lentils, beans, and cruciferous vegetables. So I will always put those in first. So then I go to I go to lunch and I say, okay, lunch, I'm having 200 grams of tofu. What am I going to have with lunch? And I think, well, I'm going to train in the morning, so it'll be good to have a nice full lunch. So I think, okay, what happens if I put in 100 grams of black beans? So I put in 100 grams of black beans. Okay, great. And then I go to, you know, post-workout and I say, well, post-workout, I really want to have some Vitargo, which is a high molecular weight carbohydrate powder. So what happens if I put in some Vitargo? So I put in Vitargo. And then I look at my total, I go, oh, the oatmeal in the morning, the black beans and the Vitargo pushes me over my my... Um, my carb count for the day. What happens if I only have half a scoop of a targo? So I put in half a scoop boom, then I, I hit my carbs. I'm like, great. So I start to add and take away and add and take away. Or sometimes I'll go, you know, 100 grams of quinoa with dinner. What's that do? Oh, no, that pushes me over. Okay, what happens if I put in half a banana into my shake? Take out the Vitargo, half a banana. Oh, yeah, that's good. What about two strawberries? Oh, yeah, that's good too. So this is, so I add in my carbs until my carbs balance and then I add in my fats. And I say, what? okay, what fats do I need? Well, I, I think about my lunch. Okay, my lunch was, you know, was tofu. It'd be nice to have half an avocado with that. So I'll put in half a avocado, which actually has quite a lot of carbs in it as well. And I'll go, okay, that's great. That works. And then I'll say, right, what other fats am I going to have? Oh, well, I'm going to need a tablespoon of oil to cook my tofu. So I put in the tablespoon of oil and then I go, how many fats do I have left? Okay. What happens if I put in a, a teaspoon of peanut butter and I go, okay, great. Oh, what happens if I put in two, two teaspoons of peanut butter? So I put in two teaspoons and I go, oh my God, I'm still within my macros. And now I start to get excited because I'm having two teaspoons of peanut butter with my dinner. And so this is how you plan and you, you plan your food. You add and you take away and you add and you take away. And sometimes you'll add in something and then you'll go, it'll push you over your carbs and you go, okay, well, I gave myself 150 grams of black beans there. What happens if I only give myself 100 grams? You take away 50 and you're still a wee bit over and you go, okay, what happens if I take out the half a banana in my shape? You take that out and you go, oh great, now my carbs are balanced. So it's almost like you add in, it's almost like your wish list, okay? Your protein, your planning, your meal, your meal planning is almost like um, whenever you go shopping on Amazon online, okay? And you put everything you want in your basket or you go to, you know, Sweaty Betty or Lululemon or, you know, or, or ASOS or whatever, wherever it is that you um, shop online and you add everything into your basket, right? Your basket's almost like your wish list, right? And you go, oh, we'd love one of those, love one of those. This is how I shop online, right? If I ever like shop, Rider Wear. So I, my favorite brand at the minute of fitness wear is Rider Wear. So I go into Rider Wear and I go, and I go like the look of that, like the, yep, like the look of that, like the look of that. So I just dump everything into my basket, right? Right? And then I go to my basket and it goes, your basket total is 2,500 pounds. And I go, oh shit, okay, let's take some stuff out of the basket. This is kind of what meal planning is like, okay? So you you go in and you go, well, I really like that. I really like that. And I really like that. And I really like that. And, you know, and almost like if you're planning your, say you're buying activewear, right? Whenever I go and buy activewear, I go, well, what I really need is new gym bottoms, 
right? Need new gym bottoms. So I add in all the gym bottoms first. And then I think, well, yeah, it'd be nice to have a couple of gym tops to go with that. So when I add in gym tops, I think, well, but what about a few bra tops as well? So I add in your know, sports bras and things too. But you know, the most important thing were the were the gym bottoms. That's kind of that's what it's like with your meal planning. The most important thing is the protein. So you put those in your basket first. Then the most then the next thing's the carbs. So then you put those in your basket. And then the last things are the fats. So you put those in. Then you look at your totals and you go, okay, that was far too much. What do I really need here? And what do I not? So you start taking out all of the stuff that you don't really need until you reach a total that you are happy with spending and, you know, an amount of clothes that, you know, would serve your purpose. That's what meal planning is like. So you put in everything that you want and then you start taking away adding, taking away, adding until you reach the perfect macro balance and quantity, which you have predetermined, by the way. So you've worked out your TDEE, you've worked out how many calories, not even your TDEE, but you've worked out how many calories you want to eat. Say it's like 1,600, 1,700, 2,000, whatever it is. Then you then you change the balance of the macros to 45% or whatever it is that you're doing. Bulking, I would do 40, 30, 30, 40 protein, sorry, 40 carb, 30 protein, 30 fat. Whenever I'm shredding, I do 45 protein, 25 um, carb and 30 fat, right? So whatever macro split that you are, that you're doing it, that's how you work out what you're putting in your basket, what you're putting in your meal plan, right? And that's how you add and you take away and you add and you take away. Then once you have created one day, you eat the same thing every day for a full week, unless you are a bit crazy and you want to do a separate meal plan for every single day and you want to cook separately every day. And if you have all that time, then you rock on. Okay. But most of us don't. So you create one day and then you multiply that by seven and that's what you eat for seven days. So how then do you buy all the food? Well, you sit down and you go, okay, 200 grams of tofu for seven days is, you know, you multiply 1,400 grams of protein, of, of tofu. Okay, so how many blocks of tofu is that? Over here, the blocks of tofu are 280 grams. So you take 1,400, you divide it by 280 grams, and that gives you five blocks of tofu. So you write that on your shopping list, five blocks of tofu. So then you go, okay, how many vegetables do I need? How many of this do I need? How many of this do I need? So you start to add up, you know, all of the different things that you need. You go to the supermarket, you buy all those things, you come home, you mass produce food, you bulk cook and you then you weigh everything and you so you once you've cooked all of the tofu you weigh 200 grams of it and you weigh it into you know seven different containers with x amount of black beans or rice or whatever and then you whatever veg or salad you're going to eat and then you package all those up and you put half in the freezer and half in the fridge and those are your lunches every single day for seven days you repeat the process for dinner you don't have to make up your smoothies in advance obviously but it's handy if you make up the powder so all you have to do is just chuck it into you know the the blender I actually like to freeze the exact amounts of berries and bananas and things that I'm putting in my pro- in my smoothies and I freeze those so I just have to take out one portion and then chuck it into um, the blender. So it makes it really, really easy. And so that is how you meal plan for an entire week. It, you have to prep as much as you can and freeze it and you have to be prepared to eat the same thing every single day. It does get really, really boring, right? But let me tell you, getting results isn't sexy. It's not, it's not exciting. It's boring. It's really boring. Like on that, you know, but that's why you need a goal. You need a goal to motivate you. You need a 50th birthday or 40th birthday or a wedding or or standing on stage or something, right? You need some kind of goal to keep you motivated. I'm actually struggling a wee bit at the minute because I'm finding I'm still going and I'm still training every day and I'm still walking every day and whatever. But without it's the first time in my life I haven't been working towards a specific goal because I'm not competing anymore. So I'm not working towards a stage goal. I'm not working towards a shred goal. The last time I was working towards a goal was when we went 
went to Australia for Christmas, holiday of a lifetime, had this incredible, um, beautiful big house on the beach. And I, I shredded for that for 10 weeks. Now I've been in a bulking phase and I put on a huge amount of muscle. And now I'm kind of like, oh, you know, what do I want to do? I think I'm actually going to do my own eight-week butt camp. It starts on Monday. And I said to Ryan, like, I actually have all of the equipment. And I was like, I'm going to do this program at, as well as my normal training. And he was like, yeah, you should. And I was like, yeah, I have a great butt. But you know what? You can always have a better butt. So I'm going to do my own program, um, I think, and that's going to give me a goal. But I am really struggling with a goal at the minute. So if you have a goal, that's what keeps you motivated. But the, the eating and the training and the consistency and whatever, it's boring as hell. You have to be prepared for that, okay? You're not going to, you know... You're not going to be entertained by your meal plan, but it is going to get your results. So as long as you're prepared for that, you will always, always, always succeed. So um, I know that I have talked a huge amount in this podcast. Normally I tell more stories and, and there's much less technical stuff, but I really wanted to break down meal planning and master and masterclass. I'm thinking about the meal planning masterclass, which is happening on the 20, 23rd of August, um, which will go, like you think this was detailed? Holy shit, where do you see what I'm going to go into in that masterclass? It's going to be epic. I cannot wait. I'm so excited to to finally teach this material. And, and even if you can't attend live, you can get the recording. So a lot of people, uh, it'll be $97. It won't be a huge, a huge cost either. Um, but you know, you can attend live and get the recording and, and have all the information in the workbooks and the worksheets and really just, you know, have the, the information there forever. I've, I, I was talking to my uh, copywriter the other day and I was saying to her, you know, this would be perfect for PTs who have vegan clients or just for someone who wanted, you know, to know more information or nutrition who really wanted to teach people how to, you know, achieve a goal. But it would also just be perfect for people who are new to training and new to macro planning and who have a goal in mind or a birthday or whatever coming up that they want to train for. It really is going to be an epic program. Um, but I'm here. I'm not, I'm not here to sell you the meal planning masterclass, although I do a pretty good job of selling as well, don't I, during this um, this this program or during this podcast. I, just, I do just love, uh, I just love teaching. It's what I was put on this earth to do. I love teaching. So let's, let's wrap all this up, okay? So, uh, which is better, meal planning or, uh, sorry, following a, pres a prescriptive meal plan or planning your own? Well, it depends. For 80% of the people in the world, following a prescriptive meal plan that has been carefully designed by someone with experience is going to get epic, epic, epic results. Whenever you get below about 16% body fat or you are um, training for a competition or you need to be more precise, then planning your own macros and calories is going to be better. But I don't want you to worry about following a prescriptive meal plan, especially if you're new to planning and tracking, because it is going to help you develop consistency. And it's the consistency which is going to get you the results. And then as you get used to bulk cooking your food and batching it and eating it, and you get more into this way of life and it becomes more second nature, then you will be uh, ready to increase your complexity because this is a complex, you know, fitness and bodybuilding and everything that you know about it is a complex subject. There's so much to learn. So don't make it too hard for yourself in the beginning. Don't bite off more than you can chew. Ha ha, ding ding. Uh, but, you know, just make it easy, as easy for yourself as you possibly can to set yourself up for success. And don't worry about following a meal plan, especially if you are new, because it is going to get you the best results that, you know, you can possibly expect and you can get a little more precise as you move through your journey and as you start to see really, really good results. <laughs> 
So I hope that you enjoyed this podcast. I really love teaching this material. I, like I said, I was put on this earth to teach. I know I was. I just adore teaching and I hope that you got a lot out of it. Um, there was an awful lot to, an awful lot to take in, but fingers crossed um, you, you maybe wrote some notes or, you know, that you were able to follow along. I hope that you were. Uh, the eight-week butt camp competition starts Monday, the 22nd of June, 2020. Um, even if you just purchase the program to get the eight weeks of meal plans, it's only $97. There's nowhere else in the world you're going to get eight different, in fact, 10, because it has two refeed plans, 10 prescriptive calorie and macro counted meal plans for $97. You're just not going to get them, as well as all the information and the videos and everything to do with the butt camp training. So if you do want to pick up a copy, just simply head to our website, thesculptedvegan.com. It's right there on the homepage. You'll be able to pick it up. We have private coaching, not private coaching, sorry, group coaching um, all over the world, 24 hours a day, really experienced coaches for every single person who, who purchases the program. We will never leave you out on a limb. We will always support you in your journey. And I'm in that group every single day, answering questions and doing a live training every single Monday during the eight weeks. And if you do everything that I've said you should do and you get absolutely epic results, you could win $10,000, $3,000, $1,000, $500 or $250. Um, I love giving away huge cash prizes and they really are life-changing. So if you want to pick up a copy, sculptedvegan.com. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast if you want to win a program. You could even win the eight-week butt camp. Anything you want, leave a review, send me a screenshot as a DM on Instagram. And I will chat to you all next week again for another episode of the Strongest Culture Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed listening just as much as I enjoyed talking to you all. This is Kim Constable, and I will see you very, very soon. Have an awesome day wherever you are. Bye for now.